0: Tuning into the Slow Wealth podcast that is Success Lives on Elevation. I am Kendra and Ramon. And as we have with our previous shows, we always start off with a powerful motivational quote. The quote starts by saying anxiety and fear are cousins, but not twins. Fear sees a threat, anxiety imagines one. It's
1: all about what you think.
0: Yes, it is. It's a mindset. Fear is what you have to look forward to. So some people fear the future. Anxiety is when you think about the past. So stay in the present as much as you can. There you go. I like that. I love it. Yep. Yep. So we got a good one for y'all today. Um, something occurred in the last week and there's been a lot of like questions. Um and I didn't want to, uh, when I was explaining everything to the person, I explained it in a way that made sense to them. And um, some people, when they had it explained to them, um, there were agents or whomever they had spoken with with this knowledge had made them feel stupid. So I, uh, um, Ramon and I thought it was best that we explained what happens in a seller's market.
1: Dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. it has been or it, yeah it's been a seller's market for the last two years pretty mm-hmm. much i mean significantly
1: and shoot probably longer than that if you uh depending on the market yeah that's 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 so, so true really since probably 2018 Yeah,
0: maybe going back a little bit further, just a little bit further. It started
1: heating up probably about 17. Yeah. But 18, it was, like I said, depending on the the market that you was in, uh, it's been, like you said, a seller's market since probably about
0: 2018. Yeah, it's been a seller's market for a while, but nobody has ever experienced a market like this, Um, you know, during the Rona I mean, you see people that have been looking for houses for a significant amount of time because they've, you know, gone into bidding wars and stuff like that. But we will get in depth about that by giving you some some tools for your arsenal that you need um, when purchasing a home or property in a seller's market.
1: Okay, so first, why don't you tell the folks what is a seller's market
0: so basically in a seller's market it's it's all about supply and demand uh when the inventory is low and the demand is high so basically there's not enough homes or properties on the market for buyers that makes it a seller's market and how this is determined too is if you take um like if an agent or a mortgage lender takes excuse me um the number of listings in an area and divide that by 12, that will tell them how much inventory they have um, to sell. Like, uh, I think at one time we only had like four months of inventory, Mm -hmm. and that was all of Texas. Which means if they took
1: everything on the market and sold it, it would take about four months for it to be Down to zero.
0: Down to zero. And y'all, that's that's not a lot. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. not a lot. So that's why a lot of people are getting, um, you know, uh, going through bidding wars uh, in this market. And it's been like that since 2020. That is true. Yeah. So again, the supply is right now is um, very low. So many sellers are not listing their homes or properties. And the demand is high because there are more buyers in the market. Um, if you are one of those people that relocated or are relocating from the east or west coast and you're moving, you know, central, um, those people from those coastal cities, and they're taking that money that they have made or that they earn um, and bringing them to cities that are you know, have a lower cost of living. So they're outbidding the people that are, you know, normal residents to that city or town. Um, so a lot of times people that live in local areas, uh, let's say if you live in Dallas and you see a home that you want, you've lived in Dallas all your life, a lot of people are being over outbidded by people who are coming from the coastal cities. It's it's sad to see. Um, but as an agent, I mean, of course, you know, it's, it's very lucrative right now.
1: But now <clears throat> that has changed slightly though, because of the winter time, which is normally the slow, slow time, mm-hmm. but then also with the the new rise of the new COVID variant, which maybe causes some fears, you know, the stock market is, you know, having, having this red day. So is not as hot as it was a few months ago. Uh, but a lot of these, uh, the, the supply, of the market is still pretty low. So I predict that it's still going to carry over into 2022. Um, and it may start heating up around that March, you know, the early springtime. So we'll see how that works out. But now that you guys know what a seller's market is. Yes. Let's talk about what are the effects of a seller's market
0: um the effects are higher prices so for instance uh let's use an example if you have if you're a buyer and you see a home that you like and it is listed at 335 you've gone and done all your due diligence and you're approved for 350 for instance um, you put in an offer and they tell you the highest offer that they got was 365 and they're going with that offer. The other thing about that is when you present the offer to that seller or that listing agent, excuse me, um, the seller has requested that you void any contingencies. So there are no inspections. <laughs> You pretty much buy as is. They won't. They don't want to make any repairs. Um, you want to make your highest and best offer without countering.
1: Okay. So, uh, and it's hard to kind of tell that, right? Because you like somebody might come in higher than me. Mm-hmm. I can't see who else is offering. Only the seller can.
0: Right. Right. So So if you're, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if you are approved going back to that house at 335, listed at 335 and you're approved for 350,
1: don't, if you can avoid it. Don't just go with 350. And look, in this market, you almost have to. Well, no, because then you're talking about just buying something.
0: No, no, no. It, if it's a house that you want and you're approved for 350 uh, and you know there's bidding wars on several of the houses that that We're well, we not in even going
1: to talk about houses cuz we do not even talk about houses like that. I know. We talk about just, properties, just right? Income properties. So <laughs> if the numbers don't make sense, you don't do it. Yeah. It absolutely. doesn't matter what how much you're approved for. If you analyze that property and the property's listed for 330 but you're approved for 350, which means you got twenty thousand dollars extra to play with. If the numbers don't make sense at three thirty, they're definitely not gonna make sense it's at three fifty. Yep,
0: that's true. So
1: it doesn't true. make sense. You you have to say no. You have to know when to walk away from that deal. Now, if the numbers still make sense at three fifty and you really want that property, it's in a good location. Um, the rents is low, but you know that they're way on the market. You can boost them up. Uh, you know, you like the layout. Or whatever the whatever the case is, then you know.
0: Yeah, for income producing property, if it if it's gonna make dollars, it's going to make sense.
1: Exactly. <laughs> All right, so higher prices of home. All right. The next one is bidding wars. Yes. And
0: see that's what I was talking about with the house. Um, but we'll talk about multifamily specifically. Um, uh, let me stick to that. So multifamily specifically, if you see something on the market going back to that 335. And you are approved, as we said before, for 350 But the listing agent is nice enough to tell you, hey, the highest offer that we have is 365
1: Which they're not supposed to. And they're probably not going to tell you. Yeah,
0: they're not going to tell you. But there are some. There's there's some. There's always those exceptions.
1: Don't snitch if they do.
0: <laughs> yes, please don't. <laughs> don't snitch. Um, that's when you get into the, that's when you know that you're in a bidding war because it was listed at 335 and it's at 365 and there's going to be somebody that's going to come in and say hey 375 you know it's it's just going to keep going up and you'll be priced out of the market but that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get that multifamily property. Because it's not always the highest offer that wins.
1: It's the best it's offer. It's the best offer. Best term. hmm Because some people will come in there and tell the seller that they'll give them 50% down. But then they they want 100000 off the sales price. That doesn't make sense, you know. So it just depends. Like you said, it ain't always the, the highest price. It's just the best terms. Right. All right, so another effect of a seller's market is fewer contingencies.
0: Yes, you might be um, in a listing. Sometimes they'll say, you'll see it, um, no financing contingencies. So that really can affect people who are coming in with certain types of loans.
1: I would never waive a financing contingency <laughs> unless I'm paying all cash, which right. means you won't need it. Exactly. So, in this market, though, what we're seeing a lot of is waiving of the appraisal. So, a lot of uh, sellers uh, or the agents, I should say, too, when they're putting these uh, properties on the market, they're wanting the buyers to waive the appraisal completely. Yeah. Meaning, yep. if... This property, uh, if we listen, this property for four hundred thousand, and the appraisal comes in at three fifty, you cannot back out of the deal. You cannot waive your appraisal contingency because of the low appraisal. Mm-hmm. You now need to pay four hundred thousand for that property. Right. So, you know that's gonna let you know make a lot of people walk away from that deal because I'm not about to pay you fifty thousand dollars more.
0: Right.
1: You know unless <laughs> unless are sitting on a gold mine. Uh, but a lot of investors are doing this because that four hundred thousand is still a lot cheaper than where they're probably coming from, you know, California, New York, wherever, right? Where that same property is probably double in the, in where they, where they're living, right? And that drives up prices.
0: Yeah, um, the appraisal is the biggest one that you see in markets like this. Yeah, um, do. it doesn't necessarily mean that you cannot have an appraisal done it just means when you go to the negotiation table it's going to be harder to um <laughs> it's going to be harder to bring up issues that are on the appraisal so it'll be hard a harder negotiation tactic um so yeah having appraisal done still so you know exactly what the issues are for that property if you are you know really wanting to purchase that property
1: well that's mainly the inspection but the appraisal that's me talking about the the value Oh yeah
0: I said I said appraisal I meant inspection I'm sorry And the
1: value yeah you you definitely you have to have an appraisal especially if you having a if you're financing a loan mm-hmm. right the lender is going to require that um which you have to pay for right but you know why not find out if the if the property is worth less than what you paying for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, it is better to for it to be appraised Worthless. higher than what yeah. you paying for. But, um, but in certain markets, you know, like Seattle or Austin, you know, where it's hot, yeah, people are paying more because they kind of know that it's I'm paying more, but it's going to catch up to this in, in a few months. So, I'll pay twenty thirty thousand over. Because I'll get that equity back in probably the next three months. Right. If that. Right. So um, I don't condone people doing that. but And we're know. talking
0: about the, I was talking about the inspection. I kept saying appraisal, but I meant the inspection. And then Ramon is talking about the appraisal.
1: Yeah. So uh, always get the inspection. Always do the appraisal, yes. which is required. Yes. All right. So another effect of a. Solid- wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Let's go back. Also. Appraisals aren't always required unless you're getting a certain type of loan.
1: But if you're financing it, yeah, if you're I'm financing, a lender, exact, exactly, I need to know if what you're that financing. But if
0: you're going in with cash, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, oh, okay. that's what I said earlier. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. I'm not waiving the appraisal, uh, or I'm not waiving the financing contingency unless I'm paying cash. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiving the appraisal unless I don't care what it what is what is going to be valued at because I might see the value. And, and what the appraiser may not be seeing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I don't want to waive any of those. But like I said, if you're paying cash, the financing contingency don't mean nothing. Right, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I don't condone that. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so another effect of, well, we just kind of said it. Another cash effect, offer. Cash offer, so.
0: Yeah, make, make a cash. If you can, show the cash, show proof of funds like have that
1: ready bank statement or something yeah
0: you know. have that ready you want to make sure that you have a good buyer's good faith you know um and high high earnest money too if you can put down
1: more earnest money deposit do it but i'll hold up then again so now that's another one mm-hmm we're going to talk about that next, though. Okay. <laughs> that ain't on the list, but we're going to talk about that. But right. first, cash offers. Uh, cash speaks, right? So if you're using cash, that's a quicker closing time. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of a lot of days that the, the seller doesn't have to wait for it to go through his normal little process of lending and financing and approval. Right. You got cash. So sometimes the seller is willing to take less money because they know this guy got cash. It's gonna close, right? Earnest money that may not even be a big deal uh, either because if you can show, like you said, proof of funds, mm-hmm. uh, then you know, hey, that that's that's gonna speak volumes. Um, so now, next, earnest money, right? Mm-hmm. Side note. Side note. In the seller's market, a lot of times, putting down a bigger earnest deposit. Is going to help you as well. Yes. Right? Because if you're putting normal earnest money is 1% of the purchase price.
0: It's not written in stone. It's yeah. pretty much whatever you, the buyer, and the seller agree upon.
1: That's just that unspoken agreement, agreement in real estate. 1% is normally how much you're going to put down for your earnest money. But now if a seller gets 10 offers, and you're the only one giving up 1% for earnest money, and everybody else is giving up 2%, your offer is gonna get pushed to the side. Yeah. So you can, now you're in a market that you don't realize people are putting 2% down or more for earnest money. But that earnest money, as long as they're gonna close, is gonna to go towards their closing costs. Right? So that is another effect yeah, of a seller's market is uh, putting down a bigger uh, earnest deposit. And depending on what state you're in, that may also mean putting down more of your option option fee. Yeah, the
0: option fee.
1: Yeah. And a lot of states don't do the option fee. So we. Texas and North Carolina, I know, does the option fee, which, you know, we won't go into depth on that, but you don't get that back. Mm -hmm. The seller keeps that. But it's just kind of a hey, look, I really want to get up in this property, do my due diligence. You know, here's a thousand.
0: Basically, showing thousand. the seller good faith right. as a buyer.
1: But you know, anytime you put up some money, you intend on getting that back, right? The option fee, you don't. You so, don't. Yeah, <laughs> you so know. do
0: not for the option fee. Don't give up more than you can
1: afford. Yeah, don't do that.
0: But the um again with the earnest money that goes toward the cost of your closing costs mm-hmm. in, in most parts. And when Ramon was mentioning the one or two percent, it's the one or two percent of the purchase the
1: price. Purchase price, yeah. So <clears throat> all right, so another effect is less time on the market. So these these properties not being on the market. Well now they're on the market a little bit longer than, you know, let's say three, four months ago. But in the seller's market, uh they're probably not lasting more than a week.
0: Yeah, and before they go
1: to pending status.
0: And what I found too is when people ask, "Well, why has it been on the market for two weeks?" It's like really, it's only you think in your mind it's Mm. only two weeks, but there have been houses that have had bidding wars, um, cash offers, uh, requesting people waive the appraisal and the inspection, and they've been gone in 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 hours, yeah, in hours, like literally in hours. And these have had bidding wars where the where the listing agent's like, no, we're not taking any more offers. So, I mean, right now they're staring on the market for, you know, closer to a month.
1: Um, and but- what you'll get, though, with that, sorry, what you'll get with that, too, is when they post that on the MLS and now it goes out to all the websites and all these buyers are seeing it mm-hmm. and they're calling this agent, blowing their phone up, leaving voicemails, emails, what they're doing now to combat that is in the MLS ad, you will see them say, all offers will be reviewed and one will be accepted on this date. Yeah. So that's so, basically saying, exactly. don't call us, just send in your offer and we'll look at every offer that comes in and we'll pick which one we want on this specified date. And, you know, it works. You got, you're in the seller's market, you're going to get a lot of calls, especially if it's a hot property so um yeah, yeah one, you
0: you listing agents out there you can't be lazy because then you'll lose a, a better offer for your um for your seller as the client so
1: it's some it's
0: some lazy listing agents lazy
1: well that's the that's the other downside to a seller's market is you don't have to be a good agent to sell
0: yeah exactly the property
1: is going to sell itself in most occasions i uh-huh. could be a shitty agent. But I got a nice property or a good property, and it's like, hey, well, give me that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right, the next effect, uh, home selling over asking price. You know what?
0: Not only does it affect you, the buyer, when you're purchasing a multifamily, but it also affects the other multifamily units in, in your area. Because <laughs> you may have the nicest multifamily for four miles, three full miles. And when it comes time, you know, those other people are able to take advantage of you paying a higher price for it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense.
0: So it, it kinda sucks because you like, man, this is I got the nicest, you know, uh, duplex in the in the area in the vicinity and everybody else's look like you know a piece of crap but you paid the highest price for it and when it comes their turn to sell their duplex their um comparison is going one of them is going that comparison is going to be your property that you paid as the buyer more for than their property is worth. Uh, yeah,
1: sure.
0: <laughs> so that's the that's kind of the sucky thing. And if you need me to explain that again, I will explain that
1: some other time. <laughs> I, yeah, we, I think I think they got it. <laughs> All right. The next effect is uh, you may have a longer search for a property. Yeah. So, like I said, supply and demand is more buyers than there is properties on the market. So if you're not quick quick uh, quick draw McGraw and you know getting that property and getting on the contract quick you may lose out on a lot of property and I'm telling you in Texas you know Austin Dallas like these are definitely places where a lot of people got out the market because they was getting outbidded and they was missing out yeah. they, they didn't get their offer in quick enough or their offer was too low and sometimes too low meant even over asking price. Mm-hmm. It could have been, you could have offered 10,000 over asking price and that was still too low. That
0: was still too low. Yes. So um, yeah,
1: it, that, that is a downside of a seller's market.
0: Yeah. So what he means also to buy the longer search for properties is um, you may put in an offer and your offer gets rejected. You may have to continue this cycle and it's not always your agent. You may have the best agent out there the, um, representing you as the buyer if you get outbidded, you just get outbidded, you know. And there may, na- there may or may not be a rhyme or reason why you continue to get outbidded, other than somebody has made a higher offer or some, or waived those contingencies. Money talks. Yeah, big time.
1: All right. So now that we know the effects of a seller's market. Let's tell these folks what are some strategies that they can use to combat it.
0: Be prepared. Oh, my gosh. Be prepared. Have your pre-approval letter. Have
1: everything in order. Not pre-qualification letter. Pre-approval. Pre-approval, right? Pre-qualification letter is just, they just do that little quick check, right? Check your credit. Mm-hmm. See, what, see see how they much you They're not even really
0: checking your credit. They just say how much you make? okay? What do you think your credit score is? How long um, have you been at your job? They're not really.
1: It's just a. Um, it's yeah. just a little. It's just a little. Let it's like see superficial. Is. Yeah. Let me just it's see quick. if you real. Are you breathing? <laughs> you know. All right. Here's your letter. Now you know. Now you can go out, and 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 search for some stuff. Yeah. Pre-approval is that thorough search, right? That's that cavity search. We checking you inside and out, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we checking <laughs> your bank lying. statements, who you live with, check them see who they know, you know, (laughs) we're going to check, you know, everything, right? And then once they check that, then they give you that letter to say, hey, Mr. Randolph, you're approved for $400,000 loan. And here's all the information, whatever. Now you can go out and you give that to the seller. Like, hey, I'm pre-approved. I'm ready to roll. Right. Because they will ask for a pre-approval letter. And as they should. Um, Because a lot of people, you be out here wasting time. Mm -hmm. If you call an agent, I know we said this before, if you call an agent, Say, hey, I want to find some property, I wanna look for some properties. And they find out that you're not pre-approved, they'd be a fool if they if they show you anything. Yeah. Because you just be wasting their time. Because
0: mm-hmm. they don't know how much you how much house you can get or how much even, even multifamily if you,
1: you can. Get. They don't even know if you can get something. Yeah. That too. Yeah. They don't know your credit. Your credit might be shitty. So. <laughs> All right. The next uh Strategy to use in the seller's uh, market is the like you said before. Make the best your best your first offer, your, your highest best
0: offer. and best
1: offer. So your first offer should be your highest and best. Yeah. Meaning, I can't go no higher than this. Yep. So if you don't take this, I'm just walking away.
0: Right. So going back to that property at three thirty five, if you're approved for three fifty as the buyer. If the numbers make sense for you to buy it at three thirty-five, and they make sense, as Ramon said, at three fifty, make the offer for three fifty.
1: And my thing is, I just my first goal is to get you on a contract. Contract, yeah. Because I can always walk away as long as I got my contingencies in place. So even right. though if I'm like, as long as
0: you haven't waived
1: the contingency. Yeah, as long as you haven't waived them. So as long as I'm like the numbers still work at three fifty. So push come to shove and I get this property at $350, i am still okay. But once I get you under contract, I'm going to see if I can get something off of that. If I can't and I'm not happy with that, I walk away. If I'm okay with it, I stay in the deal, waive that contingency, and I move on.
0: Right, right. So, yeah, highest and best offer is always preferred. Um, once you get it under contract, then do your negotiations.
1: And don't let your agent persuade you to offer more than what you know you shouldn't you should offer.
0: Exactly, yes. Right,
1: and put yourself in hot yeah. water because some agents, they are only looking at the bottom line and that is their commission. Dis- yeah, their commission. Mm-hmm. So, and they're
0: not supposed to because they have a fiduciary commitment to you, the buyer, and that's to put your needs above theirs.
1: Right, Everybody human. Everybody's not always ethical. Mm-hmm. Right? If they feel like, oh, I'm about to get a ten thousand commission check on this, and you like, yeah, but I can't go that high. Don't let them push you in it. oh well, you know what this is the this is a seller's market. You, if you really want something you got to you got to put more money up. Don't do that. All right. All right, so the next uh strategy to use in a seller's market is to be ready to bid on more than one property.
0: Not at the same time. <laughs> Not at the same time. But you just have to be really patient. Some people I've heard people say, "Oh, my agent isn't working blah blah blah. This was, you know, you you like, man, that's a terrific agent. You know, like they really go to bat for their buyers. But because that buyer wasn't ready to bid more, uh, more than listing price, um, they weren't able to get anything under contract or, or some people will say, yeah, I'll give you listing, but you need to do these repairs. And it's like that you don't do that when you're making the offer. In a seller's market. or I don't want to say you don't want to do that. Avoid doing that. Uh-huh. Avoid doing that. And if if in your state they have an escalation clause, practice that.
1: <laughs> and read up on that. I know we talked about that before. I can't remember which podcast. Go back, listen to them. Because I know we did.
0: Yeah, we talked about escalation we did clauses. Talk about it, so.
1: All right. So the next one, the next strategy to combat a seller's market is to don't counter your offer. Now, I've always said, hey, counter that damn offer. <laughs> but the downside is if you do try to counter, you could potentially lose out on that deal. Because, we did and won. Yeah, we it happened to us. But you know, things happen for a reason, so... Yeah. If you offer it and you feel like, oh, I'm not happy with this offer that he just sent back to me and it's higher than what I, you know, what I'm approved for, or it's more than what I really want to pay, let me send him another offer back. You know, he might not even look at it. But that's okay. You move on. Don't trip. All right, now the last strategy to combat, to use to combat in a seller's market, is to don't fall in love with the property.
0: I see. I don't one hundred percent agree with that, but I see what you're saying. I think with a house, people fall in love with houses. All the time. Yeah, and that's the thing with the house with the property. You really ain't gonna income producing property. You really not gonna fall in love with it anyway. You gonna fall in love with them numbers.
1: You <laughs> supposed to, yeah. but you gotta think. Some people the way they look at that property, they like, ooh, this is ugly. It's dirty. We need to be clean. there's trash <laughs> outside, you know. It's you know all of that stuff, but uh, but an investor, an investor mindset is like, ooh, I'm
0: gonna slap some paint on that. I'm gonna do a couple of superficial things. This is
1: this what they this is what they doing. Yeah, money. Yeah,
0: they rubbing, they hands. rubbing them hands again. <laughs> they like, oh,
1: I see money, right? Because mm. I see value. All I need to do is this: clean that roof off, clean the gutter out, slap some paint on that joker, clean the trash out, change the trash can, get a bigger one. Implement something so people, hey, ain't no throwing trash out on yeah, the ground. Parking
0: on your uh, lawn.
1: All that. Oh, and then next thing you know, six months, it looked like a totally different property. And guess what? Now everybody wants it. Yeah, They didn't want it when it looked like shit. That's what you want. Right?
0: Diamond in
1: the rough. The especially the rough.
0: if it's in a good neighborhood.
1: And a good neighborhood is is circumstantial, mm-hmm. right? Because one, one person might think, ooh, I'll never go over there. And you like, oh, you know, this ain't too bad. You know, some right. couple people. I heard a gunshot, but you know, it was a little, a little bit away. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it ain't terrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, if you comfortable and you like, look, I, I would live here. If I would live there, mm-hmm. I'll invest it. Yeah. So, don't fall in love with the first property you see that you feel like, oh man, the numbers was good. It looked nice. I like it in the neighborhood. Just look at the numbers. Look at the income. If it don't work, it don't matter how it looks. We got to walk away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you just have to be very patient in a seller's market as a buyer, especially with multifamilies, because you have people, all types of um, other people that you're um, competing against, people who are doing 1031 exchanges, people who are, like we said, coming from coastal cities and they've sold some of their inventory or unloaded a portfolio loan and they're moving that money. In a ten thirty one or however else they um can do it, you know. I mean, there's a lot of different circumstances. So you, as a buyer, especially if you're doing f um an F H A loan, <laughs> I can't get my words out. Especially if you're doing an F H A loan, um, you want to be patient. Just be patient because eventually you will get the property that you're supposed to
1: have. It's not a race. It's a what? Marathon. It's a marathon. There you go. It is a marathon. All right, All right do you
0: have anything else to add?
1: No, I think that's the show. You know what I'm saying? I think we hit it on the nail, the nail on the head, straight to the point. And, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we pretty much hit, you know, hit the the um points and subjects that we needed to when it comes to a seller's market. Again, this topic is about what happens in a seller's market. I am Kendra. And I'm Ramon. And we will end by saying anxiety and fear are cousins, but not twins. Fear sees a threat. Anxiety imagines one. We are on Facebook. Everything. Just check us out. Yeah. All the podcast Slow Web. <laughs> I can't talk today. Slow web.
1: Facebook. Instagram. <laughs> same old thing. Y'all know where we at.
0: S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.
1: And if you need to, uh, you know, hit us up, you know, you can email us. We got questions, At comments. invest
0: at slowwealth.com. That's I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H dot com.
1: And we're going to also be offering some things because we do get a lot of calls and texts and emails and stuff. People who want really want to know more about real estate and how we got into it and how to get into real estate. Um, and so we really going to, uh, we've been working on some things. So we're going we're gonna to be offering some things to help a lot of people get in real estate because... No, it's our passion. Yes, absolutely. So uh, y'all be on the lookout for that.
0: Yes, and thank you so much for tuning into the Slow Wealth Podcast. I am Kendra.
1: And Ramon. And
0: we are signing out. Thank you.